Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. It is Niall Boylan with you right through to 2 o'clock this afternoon. And I'm joined in studio as we are going to be on a regular basis by experts. We've decided to bring in some experts, consumer experts, child and parenting experts. This week we're going to start off with a man who's been on the show many times on many different topics. Some quite controversial because his views can be a little bit controversial by times. I need to slap him on the hand every now and again. Malachy Steenson, who's a family law solicitor uh, in Dublin. Good afternoon Good to afternoon, you, Malachy. Matt. Well, you're here with a different hat on you today. Uh, an advisory role. Yes. Yeah, an advisory role. And can I point out, by the way, that I will advise you, although Maliki will give you advice, that you should always seek advice from your solicitor as well, by the way, and get a second opinion or whatever it happens to be, that Maliki's advice is only advice. And of course, you should seek advice from your barristers or solicitors or whoever you have representing you, or indeed Maliki, if you choose for him to represent you. Now, uh, I want you to send in your questions. You can send them in either by text or WhatsApp at 087 Maybe you're in a predicament at the moment, uh, be it in a relationship. Maybe your relationship is broken down, you're going through a separation or a divorce, you're looking for access or maintenance or whatever it happens to be. Family law is a minefield that most solicitors and barristers will stay well clear of because there's so much anger involved because you usually have two people who despise each other arguing over who's entitled to what and who gets to see the kids. So I will talk to Malachi about all that as well, but send in your questions. I'll take one or two people on the air. I'll read out your questions that come in as well by WhatsApp or by text if I have time to read them all and I'll try and get to as many as I can. Maliki, first of all, just a little bit about yourself. You went into family law when? Well, I probably started in this business around 2000. Mm. Um, and I've been working away consistently. I've had a wide range of experience in life before that. I would have been a late entry. I right. certainly didn't come the D4 UCD route. Okay, so you um, kind so of came uh, from a common sense point of view more so. Oh, well, I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah. And I've spoken to barristers and solicitors in the past. They've said to me, oh, yeah, no, I deal in litigation or I deal in civil matters or I deal in criminal law. I wouldn't go into family law. It's a nightmare. Well, it is. Um, and the problem, the question I think for society is, is that, is the legal system the right way to resolve these problems? And is it? Is the family law, is it fair? I mean, your observations, obviously there are going to be, there are going to be cases where at the end of it you went, well, look, that was very unfair. But generally speaking, is the system fair? Well, the relationship has already broke down. And people hate each other almost by the time they come to either me or they end up in court. There has to, people need to, to, and it can be difficult to remove the emotion. The courts can't deal with how you feel about somebody. They can only deal with whether somebody sees the children, how long they see them for. And how much money there is. And how much money is to be divided. And, you know, men in general think they can walk away from their responsibilities and women who are generally rearing the children think that they can deny access. Those two things should be a given, unless, you know, for, mm. there are very specific circumstances that one or other of the party is a total looper. Okay, is not a fit parent. Now, right, let's get to this question. Let's not waste too much time with this because I have so many people texting in questions and uh, WhatsApp messages and want to come on the air and talk to you. The first one we got by email at the start of the show when I mentioned that you were on, so it's a little bit long. So I'd prefer people keep them a little bit shorter, but I will read it out because it's an interesting one. It has a lot of aspects in it. And it's from somebody who obviously wants to remain anonymous. My application for free legal aid has been turned down as uh, has a review and an appeal. I am a single parent and they have assessed my disposable income as being €20,000, their cutoff 
off point is €18,000. I pay nearly 9000 a year in childcare costs. My mortgage, which I pay alone, is 12500 a year, amounting to 21500 per year, but only 14000 is allowable for both. I get 40, 000, or €40 Euro per child per week in a maintenance payment from my ex-partner. Uh, obviously, they weren't married for our three children. I accepted that amount as part of a mediated agreement, which involved him either surrendering his interest in our joint property or paying his share of the mortgage. He has not fulfilled his side of the mediation agreement, i.e. he is obviously not paying the mortgage or paying his share. I pay into a private pension, but that is not taken into account. But if I was a public sector worker uh, with the government contributing to my pension, this would be allowed, which seems crazy to me. I need legal representation as I need to go to court over my home, which my ex-partner, we were never married, has his name on the as a co-owner. He has contributed to only €5,000 towards the deposit, as opposed to my 30000 when the house was purchased in early 2000s. He has not paid anything towards the mortgage in 15 years now. He uh, says that he wants the house sold when our youngest child reaches 18. At present, the amount of unpaid mortgage owed by him uh, to me is in the region of 90000 and ri- raising monthly. Uh, but he has failed to respond to any solicitor's letters asking for his share to be paid. Firstly, do I have any advice, or do you have any advice about how to secure free legal aid? Missing out on the threshold by just 2000 a year seems grossly unfair. I'm a hard-working single parent and it seems uh, the only way I would have uh, secured legal aid would be if I left my job or signed on the dole. Uh, secondly, where do I stand legally in relation to my ex's unpaid sums on the mortgage? Can he be forced to pay? Can he really expect that he will own 50% of the property when he hasn't actually paid for the mortgage and forced me to sell it uh, down the line? Anonymous. Okay, let's deal with the first question first. Free legal aid. Well, She's slightly over the threshold, but very difficult to get legal advice or bring a solicitor or barrister in court when you don't have the money. Well, there are two separate, effectively legal, well, three different legal aid processes. There's the criminal legal aid system, which judges give out legal aid certs at a drop of a hat, let's say, with no real looking at the people's means or how many previous convictions or anything like that. There's the district court um, family law practitioners list where you'll go in, you'll get a legal aid cert, they'll charge you €130 Euro for that. That charge can go up to around €500, Euro, I've seen. Now, on those certs, the legal aid board will own, and people think solicitors make a fortune out of it. The legal aid board will pay on average €340, €350 Euro for that cert, and you could be in court three, four times on that. Okay, but district court is generally just for maintenance and access. Well, maintenance and access. Yeah. Um, Now, the other system, which is the circuit court system, which is where this um, woman would fit in, seems to be total arbitrary. Uh, We've seen cases where we're on the the other side and the people are represented by the legal aid board, and it doesn't seem to make sense. They would seem to me to be well over any means test and should be well able to pay um, for their own legal representation. In this woman's case, where the house um, is in joint name, so she needs to look at that and see if it's held as joint tenants or tenants in common because there's rights of survivorship. If they were married, it would generally be held as joint tenants, but she needed to change She's that. not married, obviously. Yes, she's not married, so it could have been either. It depends what they've done at the time. But she needs to sever that tenancy and turn it into a tenants in common because if she dies in the morning and they're joint tenants, he's straight in. He gets the property. He gets the house. Okay, but in relation to the fact that he hasn't paid the mortgage in so long. Well, you see, the mortgage is a contract between the parties and the bank, not between me and you. So he doesn't know who the money. He owes it to the bank. 
even though she has paid. But does she not? Does she not have any legal standing in court when it comes to an agreement to say, "Well, hold on, I'm saying I've been paying this mortgage. I have more right to this." Property. It would be a persuasive argument to say, "I am entitled to a bigger share." Now he will get something because he's an owner, even um, though he's paid nothing into the mortgage in yes, fifteen years because he, he bought it in the beginning with her, and she will need to to buy him out effectively. Now she may be able to remortgage and get him off title. The bank she may not be in that position. No, yeah. and the bank will not let him off title without her remortgaging and particularly if she's on a tracker for instance they okay, well okay that, that's one thing okay so I think you've explained that fairly well but in relation to the free legal aid she's 2k over the, the limit for free legal aid you know can you go back to them again and kind of jiggle your figures around she, but <laughs> I wouldn't want to be given that advice but it seems to me to depend on what legal aid centre you go to so maybe she should look at where she lives and see if there's a legal aid centre so to go to a different, D- legal, different aid. legal aid centre. Can she you apply get, again? You can. You can. She may get a different result. Right, okay. I mean, the head office is out in Kerry somewhere, isn't it? I think, I well, that's where they pay you from, but yeah. you don't go And the free legal aid system, you, you believe it's a, it's, fault, it's a faulted system. You don't believe I, it works very well. Well, I think that the whole legal aid system, both in criminal and family law, is... Okay. Needs to be reviewed, let's say. Okay, I have two children with a girl. They are six and eight. Their mother won't let me see them. What can I do? Well, you can make an application to the court to the district court for access um, and he will get access unless there are some very major mm. reasons in his own makeup if he's for instance um, continually drunk or strung out on drugs maybe or mm. you know as a psychopath or has injured the kids previously but the access but the not- accusations can be made can't they even though he hasn't she could make an accusation saying he's abused the kids okay. and then you've got a section 40 whatever it is well you can get a section 32 report and all of those reports are very subjective, you know. It's what the, the they're all time consuming as well, aren't they? And they're expensive. And now the, the courts and the taxpayer will pay for them in a lot of cases, and they're, they're very expensive. They cost more than legal representation, I can assure you. Yeah, they're four or five grand or <coughs> yeah. something just for one report. Now, the difficulty is that people can come across to whoever's interviewing them from the report as very plausible, or alternatively, can come across where well, you ask me these questions, and then there's yeah, rule of like, but, Okay, but so okay. Well, basically, it's two children, six and but eight. It's the you children's that, access. Yeah, so the children have a right to see their father. Yes, more so he doesn't the right. have a right to see them. They have a right to see him and to have a relationship with him. And it's not in the gift of the mother to determine that the children. Although have we a right. are seeing that a lot, aren't we? Continually, yes. When children and, are being used as bargaining chips. But continually. And, and is, is that a big problem in the court? That's the, I mean, that's why people are in court for access. It should be automatic, like maintenance. And well, then why, why is this then when we see, say, say, dad gets access, say, on Friday and Saturday, or, you know, every second Friday, right? And the mother doesn't turn up with the child. So if he didn't pay his maintenance order, he could be jailed. Well, eventually but if he doesn't could turn, be, but it's well, a well, long then, process to yeah, get but jailed. We don't yeah. seem to get, we don't see the woman getting a slap on the hand from the court when she doesn't turn up with the child. No, and you see, there's a long, there's a reluctance in this state to jail women for contempt because it is a contempt. The same as not but paying But there's that same reluctance to jail men. No. And that's one of the, the, the societal problems that we have. Plus... Men, men could be put in jail for the drop of a hat for not paying a maintenance, for example. Well, you see, much of the thing, and this is why I made a point that I didn't come from the UCD, D4 kind of way of thinking, that solicitors and, and the courts should be bringing practical solutions to people's lives. And it's not, you know... It shouldn't be as adversarial as it is. And people shouldn't get away with what they get away with. There are people, fathers, who would have to bring mothers back regularly for breach of access. And you, you find Which often be costly, yeah. where the 
father is in a new relationship, the mother doesn't want the kids to have anything to do with the, the, the new partner, whether it be male or female. And or she, does she have the right to do that? No, because life moves on. So the I mean, mother has no right to say, I don't want you in the house with your new partner no, with my children. No. Unless, no. unless the, the new partner is some sort of sexual deviant or something yes. like that. Yes, and, and the, the new partner should be introduced gradually. You know, there should be... Common sense. Uh, p- and people have to, yes, people have to think about what the child's reaction will be. Because you, you get a syndrome where the child may naturally side with the mother because the father is absent and will be of the view, well, the mother won't like the new girlfriend, so therefore I'm not going to like her, so mm. therefore I'm not going to go. And, you know, that can be a problem. And people have to work through these these things. And you see, people, there are some cases in the district court right through the child's life, and you can look at the, the list numbers or the record numbers for them. You know, you'll get cases the child drops out at 18, so mm. um, a child you can is have a case from 2000. Right up to now. To now, yeah. you know, because okay. people are, are arguing over. Okay, I want to go to Jackie in a second. Before I do, there's one here on WhatsApp as well. Family law question. Uh, split for my children's father. He has children's savings in the bank in their names. What age can either child get access to their own money? Well, if they're in their own names... Surely one of the parents is the co-signature on the account. I, I'm assuming it's the father because she's saying here, okay, let me just clarify that again. Split from the father, uh, the children's father. He has children's savings in the bank in their names. What age can either child get access to their money? Well, I think either child can, at any age, I think. Well, they must ask the father, I suppose, wouldn't they? Well, it depends. I mean, I would suggest in that case that both parties, the mother and the father, are joint signatories. If she's concerned that he's somehow going to take away this money, you know, and spend it himself. But they should be both signatures to withdraw any money. Either mm. of them can put in what they want. Yeah, well, it seems to be, it's obviously in the father's name and the child's name. The father obviously opened the account with the children. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me just go to Jackie. Jackie, you're on Classic Hits. How are you, Nal? Uh, how are you, Malky? How are you, Jackie? Listen, it's um, a bit of a story, but there was a house uh, owned and it was, um, but the mother died and she died in test state. So that meant the inheritance act came in with the father and he left, he had two thirds and the children were to get one third each, uh, one third between eight of them. Yeah. Which never happened. And then two years later, the father died. And when his uh, uh, will was read, he'd made a will. One of the sisters left two thirds the house. Um, she was executor of the will, but nothing ever, nobody ever got anything. And was the house sold? No, the house hasn't been sold. Right, well, the father can only only give away what he owns, which was only two thirds to start with. So he can only give that. The other third isn't his. So you need to to push the executor to sell the house. You know, and you can issue court proceedings to force that. But just say if if one, you see, they they can't agree on the colour of anything. So um, at the end of the day, it, could one person just go and say to that executor, "I want the house valued and my share, my if the house is not, yeah, the house not sold." Well, well, the house should be sold because um, that's the only way of finding a true valuation. But they may have to make an application to the, to the probate court, to the circuit court, to get an order directing that the executor either carry out the wishes of the man who died, or yeah. they're replaced the as executor. Yeah, and any of the beneficiaries. Oh, they can be replaced as an executor. The court yeah. can replace them. Um, and and just as a quick question, Vanity, thanks for that. But as a quick question, should they have got something from the mother's estate? Well, she died, well if yeah. the only asset was the house and it hasn't been sold, 
they should. No, there was money in the bank. Well, and they should. They're entitled to that, yes. Oh. But I, I suppose if the father has took it and spent it and he's now dead, you know, they may well be out of time well, to nobody, proceed with nobody that. else, no, sorry for interrupting, nobody else was uh, given any powers other than this sister. Right, okay. She was the executor and did everything with the will. And she's not doing anything. Well, well, the main point that Maliki made there, if she's not doing a good job as an executor of the will, and obviously he didn't have that much of the house to give away in the first place in his will, and there is obviously a question mark over it, you can go to court and get the executor replaced by somebody who's being more logical about it. And if, it's just say for argument's sake, the person who's entitled to that money, if somebody had a child for him, could could they claim on the, the fact that the child's being related to the inheritor? But the person is still alive, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, then their child would have no claim. Their child would only have a claim if that person himself was dead. Okay. Oh. Okay, Jack. So I know their, it's, their I know it's, I know it's a very complicated line. question, yeah. and I understand it's very personal to you. But I hope you got a little bit out of that. Linda, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Linda? Hi, Nile Malky. Good. Hi, Linda. Uh, separated thirteen years. Um, I've un- I've been unemployed for six years myself. Uh, three of our six children were under eighteen when the- we separated and the maintenance for each child stopped when they reached 18. So he still works full-time, and I just wondered, is there such a thing as spousal maintenance? And would I be entitled to it, given that some of our adult children still still live with me in the family home and they contribute because they're all working? It's unlikely. Are any of the children still in college? No. No. Well, then you'll be... More or less have to look after yourself, unless he's very wealthy. Okay. Um, now, you could have made an application for spousal maintenance at the time, which continues until either you get remarried or you die. Um, okay. Or it's varied. Um, yeah. But if the incomes Too much time are... Has passed. Well, if the incomes are, are similar, yeah. then, you know, th- there's no maintenance payable. Okay. Okay. But it might be worth good. a shot anyway. <laughs> it yeah. might be worth a shot, Linda, but what Maliki's saying is probably not. Yeah, Under the circumstances, given the circumstances, the, yeah. Yeah, and the children are adults now yeah, living yeah. at home and that. Yeah. Okay, thanks, All right, thanks, all right. Bye, bye. Mark, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Mark? Hi, uh, Niall, how are you? Hi, Maliki. Hey, Mark. Um, so, I suppose, my question is, I have a son just turned 18. Um, I know my obligations in terms of if he goes to college, I have to pay for another three years. The question I have is, the amount I'm paying is €400 Euro a month. And I'm, I've been remarried a couple of years. I've four additional children with my new wife. And the, the question I have is 400 excessive. This, you, 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 some people say it is, some people say it isn't. So it's, I'm just wondering, is it? Well, it depends on what your income is, whether it's excessive or not. Now, you're liable for yeah. the maintenance until the child is 18, finishes yeah. full-time education, or comes to 23. So those are the yeah. three different cut-off points. But you can always go in and ask for, make an application to vary the maintenance. Yeah, and you know if your income yeah. is reduced and you know you can't afford to pay four hundred euro a month, then the courts may well reduce it. I mean, is your partner not paying half of the the college fees, or is your your ex partner, should I say, is she in a financial situation to pay half of the college fees? They're not well, she works, yes, she works full time, but um, uh, the maintenance I pay is, is is what I pay. If you know what I mean. All right, so, okay. Oh, sorry, I thought that was a college fee. Sorry, I. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. The question, I suppose, is, is four hundred maintenance excessive because I'm not on I'm not a doctor I'm not a scientist so I'm not on a big salary what age are the children now my new children are twins four six and a seven year old and what age are the other children 
the eldest the eldest guy is he's just gone eighteen. Right, so he's out of the loop. And is the is the maintenance apportioned? Uh, no, no. So the, the children, the four children, are, are all living with me. I'm living. I'm, I'm remarried. So it's yeah, just the, they're the not the ones you're paying maintenance for. It's no, 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 yeah. no, no. Just the eighteen-year-old. Right, and you're paying four hundred euro a month for him. Yeah. And is he going to go to college? It's it's looking like he might. I hope he does. Right. It looks like he might. Well, you yeah. should go in and try and vary it because it's most likely that he will have some kind of a part-time job or something then. You know, and be able to sustain himself a bit. Just curious, by the way, in relation to that situation, because he's separated from his ex-wife um, and his son will be 18 years of age and maybe she may not have the means to pay college fees, can she apply for a grant or can he apply for a grant considering the family unit is broke up? I think he probably can. Again, it's means tested. Right, And okay. it would be based on... I, I'm not sure if his father's means would come in, but from what he's saying there... His means would end up being quite low. His disposable income, if he's four kids, that's so, yeah. a huge expense. Right, okay. So he could probably get some so sort of the grant. anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Mark, I think the, the answer to the question would be there. Uh, maybe go to a district court or circuit court and reassess the maintenance, but you would have to get it varied by the courts, obviously. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Okay, Thanks. okay. Might be worth looking at. Okay. Uh, one final question before the break. John, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, John? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Mandy, uh, it's nice talking to you. And you, hey, John. You, you, you always speak a lot of sense. Um, my problem is my father died uh, last year, um, and he left. He left equals. I have three brothers and a sister. He left equal shares for the for the for the four of us. Now, my brothers have been living there um, all his life. Uh, we they they moved around ten fifteen years ago to Fingness, and he's lived with me mother and father all his life. He, my brother recently got married, and uh, but my problem is that I lost the house uh, through a divorce, and um, I'm living with a woman here that took me in. She didn't know me from Adam, and um, but anything happens to this woman, I'm out on the streets. Um, my problem is, am I entitled to move back into the family home? Well, you only sh- you said your father died and left equal left shares. Equal shares. So yeah. was that will probated? How do you mean probated? Well, was it brought into the probate office? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And why was was the house not sold then? No, the house. There's some um, agreement that the house can't be sold. It's to be kept in the family. It's to be kept in uh, the family. And uh, is that in the will? It doesn't actually state that in the will. Well, then, you know, you'd have to. I would have to give you specific advice on that. If it's not in the will, then it's not your father's wishes. Your father's wishes is that the property be divided between the four or five of you. The problem is, obviously, his brother lives there. Well, so be it. Well, then his brother obviously has, has to find out, somewhere else to live. Or, or should have to pay off the other siblings. He should buy the others out, yeah. Now, now, sure. now, in relation to obviously his initial, his obviously his problem at the moment is if he ends up homeless, does he have a right to move back into that house now well, that his brother and his new wife are living there? Well, he said that there's some agreement, so you need to look at that agreement and see what it's about. But, but he essentially as it stands, you own the share of the house; you're entitled to live in it. That's grand. That's super. All right. Okay. 
That's Thank- grand. Thanks very much for that, Maggie. Appreciate that. All okay. right. Uh, I have a nearly 10-year-old daughter who has never met her father. Uh, she's been looking for him. He came up on Facebook and uh, she reached out, but now he's blocked her. Can she get maintenance? Yes. She should immediately get an address for him so because he has to be served with a summons and go and issue a summons. That's the problem, isn't it? Finding an address. Well, if she found him on Facebook, it's probably easy enough to find some kind of an address for him. Okay, what, what about if he's not in this country? Well, Can she serve an order on somebody who say who's living in UK or America? There are different time frames. Um, in realistically, it's not practical. Right, you okay. spend more time, even if you do get an order, chasing your money. Okay, so it's not really. Is it possible to serve an order on somebody outside the state? Oh yeah, yeah. But is it? It's. Is it difficult to enforce it? Well, the, the state will actually collect the money for you if you get it to a certain point. There's a central collections agency, mm-hmm. um, but you don't really end up with the money. You know. Okay. The way you want it, you know, and it it can bring a huge amount of emotional baggage, so it may not be worth it. All right, I have an interesting one here as well. Um, I'm going to read this out if I can scroll it here. Facebook. Okay, it's a WhatsApp. Hi, Nan. A friend of mine left her husband over two years ago, and uh, have one child together. And her ex hasn't paid child maintenance in two years. And whenever my friend goes back to court, he tells the judge he sorted it out, and the judge does nothing about it. As well as that, he continuously verbally abuses her every time she drops the child off uh, to him and collects the child again. Uh, she's been to court four times against him for maintenance and arrangements and. Uh, uh, still doesn't abide, he still doesn't abide by the court orders and the judge does nothing to force him to behave or pay what he owes. Well, in, in those cases, it seems to depend on what judge you get. And there are, are male judges in Dublin, for instance, who will have no hesitation in locking you up. Or, for instance, the judge who sits in Drada will lock you up very quickly, or in Sarge or Balbriggan, um, without hesitation. But there seems to be a reluctance, particularly among female judges, to lock anybody up. For, for maintenance. But is it a case that they will lock somebody up if they believe they have the money and are not paying, but if they believe they haven't got the money, there's a reluctance to lock them up then? Well, they ha- yes. I mean, if they haven't got the money, they haven't got the money. Because um, the law quite clearly states that if you have the money to pay and don't pay, well, then you can be locked up. But if yes, you don't have the means, I suppose. You see, it's a contempt of court rather okay. than a, a breach of a, you know, a debt. Um, and you're, you should be jailed till you purge your contempt, which means you're jailed till you pay your... But, see, so, but there's a catch-22 there. If they jail somebody, they could essentially lose their job. You would be surprised how quickly people find the money when... There's a threat of jail. Threat. And I remember being in court in Navan or Nace in front of a judge who now sits somewhere else on the East Coast. Um, and he advised my client to go home and get his toothbrush mm. because he'd need it in the showers, in the joy, because that's where he was going at 2 o'clock if he hadn't got the money. And he came up with the money. Well, we had the money in two days. All right, okay. Michael, you're in Classic Kids. How are you doing, Michael? Hi, how are you doing, Niall? How are you? Um, you have a question for Maliki. Oh, you sure do, yeah. Um, how to go, Maliki? Um, last year, I got a full custody of my son um, through court, and uh, we decided on visitations on the weekend with the mother. Um, that was all fine. And then, because she wasn't happy with the outcome, uh, she decided to up and leave. She's gone abroad over to England um, so basically I kind of set it up so that she'd see him on Fridays and I could go get a job Friday night Saturday night kind of thing uh, to, to pay for, for everything obviously and now obviously I couldn't take the job because she left and I'm kind of struggling financially and I don't know if I can serve her with a kind of maintenance order and kind of because she feels like even though she's over there she doesn't see him but she can still make kind of major decisions she's booked him in for classes over here and stuff and 
her family show up to take them to these classes. They don't know where they are and they're expecting me to pay for all this stuff. And I just, I just wondering if I can kind of, if I can be, if I can make any kind of arrangement where, where I can just be the sole kind of decision maker, seeing as, you know, she's not here and she's not contributing at all, you know. Well, I mean, it's likely that you have joint custody then, um, rather than sole custody. Has, well, uh, yeah, well, primary I got, care and control. I, yeah, primary care control. But I, I got yeah, so it was just kind of primary care control with visitations to the mother. Yeah. So, well, in those circumstances, she has the right to be consulted, but she doesn't have the right to make the decisions, and she shouldn't yeah. be arranging anything. That that's down to you. Or by agreement. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of maintenance, you can issue a summons, but as we said, it, because she's out of the jurisdiction, it can become somewhat complicated to try and collect yeah. that. You know, even if you get your order. Okay, and is it, can I summon her for a kind of to sit down in court again and make it so that I can like go for full custody or anything? Because she's showing no interest in. She doesn't talk to him. You know, she doesn't doesn't see him. Hasn't seen him four months. Well, Just, it's unlikely. What well, you see, there's there's. Custody with primary care and control, and then there's the other party who has a joint custody um, and has the right to access in that then. But mm. it would be unlikely that they would take away joint custody. Right. You know, but but yeah. they would leave you with primary care and control. All right, okay. that, that's your question. So I can just kind of put down, put the foot down, basically. Yeah, and you just can certainly of... make the application, but, you know, I wouldn't be yeah. hopeful of success in it. Okay, well that's it, yeah, I'll just kind of put the foot down so and just kind of, yeah, that's all, I just thought there might be a legal way of going down around it, that's fine. All right. Thanks, million. Okay, no problem. All right. Okay, Thanks. loads of questions still coming in, by the way. Uh, my former partner has stopped access up to my six year old daughter. Uh, I went to court. She said, if I, uh, she said, I was abusing the child. I'm horrified. These allegations only started after my new girlfriend moved in. What can I do? Well, that's a common problem now arising um, in the court, particularly in the district court. And particularly after the father in general has moved on, the mother doesn't like the new partner or whatever. I mean, I recall one case where the father had simply helped the child wipe herself after being in the toilet. And that was that was, a cute, to, that was a subject to a Garda investigation. Oh, my. And a Tulsa investigation. And the difficulty with these reports is that they come back, not that you didn't do it, not that it didn't happen, but that it's not proven. And that leaves a question mark over the whole thing. Now, eventually, in that case, we got a result. Um, but it's a continuing problem. And these allegations are being made. And if all of these allegations were true, then why are we not seeing a, a correlation in the amount of criminal charges then against people? Well, I did, I did see statistics in that, by the way, in the state of Canada, by the way, or in the country of Canada, uh, in relation to the amount of accusations of ch- child sex abuse against minors. And the majority of them were actually in divorce cases. Yes, and people think that they We're can make allegations wrong, yeah. in those cases that they couldn't make anywhere else, mm-hmm. and they get away with it. Um, very quickly, Frank, you're on Classic Kids. How are you, Frank? How things? Good, Frank. What do you want to say? Um, just wanted to know there from Maliki what you know. This uh, it's just that um, myself, and my my partner, ex partner, had broke up there with you last year, and I we have a, a five year old son, and I haven't seen him since uh, February, and then uh, there's court orders going on. What you know this. And um, it's just a wonder that she's not complying with them whatsoever. Well, unfortunately, you'll have to go back to court to enforce the order. And yeah. In reality, as we said earlier, they won't make her. Um, they'll, they'll make a song and dance about it. But there's no sanction on the mother in general for not um, abiding by the access. But you're yeah. entitled to your access. So you'll have to go back into the court and 
with an enforcement summons. Is there, is there nothing that we can do to change the law in relation to that problem that Frank has, which is an extremely common problem in family law, you know, that you know women don't abide by the court orders? Is there no way we can change that system whereby they have to abide by the court orders? Well, order? we can, but we don't have the political or the societal will to do that. Because people and like they, Frank are back and forward, costing them a fortune. The if feminist, not, if you, I don't know whether Frank is on free legal aid or not, but you know, it costs money for well, Frank to hire somebody like you to go back in and represent and, him again. And just on the yeah, free legal yeah. aid, they will only give you one cert now per year. Yeah, that's which, right, yeah. you know, is of no use if there are problems. But the, the f- um, feminazis are so strong in this country that nothing will be done to resolve these problems. And that's one of yeah. the bigger issues. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, Frank. Uh, it's a problem, but unfortunately, you're just in the system, and you just have to go back to court again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank, okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Frank. you. Thanks. Bye bye. Um, I'll go to Brian very quickly before I go to the break. Brian, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Brian? Hi, Noel. How are you? Good, Brian. You have a question for Maliki there. Go ahead. Yeah. How you doing, Maliki? Um, just a quick one for you. Um, myself and the uh, we we weren't married. I've seen a girl there for about nine years, and we we broke up in 2016. Um, sorry, 2017, April 2017. Uh, we, we have a four-year-old, soon to be four-year-old son together, and the days I have him are Tuesday uh, today, and kind of I drop him home then on Saturday evening. Now, it does, uh, it does vary. We need to change. It, it's very amicable, is what I'm saying. But um, just kind of once there last year, we had a bit of a, a big argument, you know, where she, she kind of refused to let me see him and stuff like that. Now, as I said, we weren't married, we weren't engaged, anything like that. We were just in a long-term relationship. Is there, you know, I've heard a few kind of horror stories of, of girls changing and the, the system being very one-way in this country. Is there any advice or anything you should suggest that I do just kind of to cover myself? Or Well, I mean, I think you've said you have an order, have you? No, 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 no. It's just, it's it's just an agreement yeah. we have in place. And it's very order. amicable. And, and I, I transfer money every the, the second day of every month. I, yeah. I transfer money over to them for our maintenance. Well, you should go in and issue someone's for access. Will that now? If he did that, is that not tempting faith? In other words, well, she will issue someone's for maintenance, but he's paying the main. He needs to formalise it because if he doesn't have an order, he has nothing to enforce. Even though in reality you can't enforce it, but it's the child's access to you. Um, and, you know, effectively the mother can give you whatever access she wants. Yeah. You know, but that shouldn't be the way it is. Now, the court will say you can have access on X day or, you know, every week, second week. And that makes it formal. And Yeah. And, it, and it, it's it, an art. Exactly, it's exactly what Noel said there. I just don't want the back for me. I don't want to come back and, and yeah, you, have you it. Don't, and, I mean, if things are amicable at the moment and suddenly she gets a letter in the door, you know, from a solicitor. Yeah, or, you know, just, everything is just come out. Well, that's, and that's the difficulty that that comes while it's amicable, I suppose the point Brian is making is at the moment everything is amicable and that's grand but you know, things did kick off a bit last year but thankfully that's obviously calmed down you know is there anything he can be doing in the background I suppose I suppose to keep him legally covered probably not that's, well, that's what I meant well certainly in, in terms of the maintenance just make sure you pay that through a bank account don't be giving our cash or anything like ah that. yeah so yeah no, that, that, you know yeah. Uh, if you do it by direct debit or something. Aside then, from that, anything else, because he's not married, there's not really a lot he can do, I suppose, to... to well, it's maintenance that. for the child, so it's, yeah. it's not maintenance for... Yeah. For the, the but there's nothing he can do in the background to have that... Other than keep on good terms with her, you know, <laughs> oh, and try and extend the access as the child gets a bit older. I okay. mean, one of the things that we'd often say to, to women is, you know, when they're saying, oh, we don't want him to take the child for the weekend. And, you know, I would say to them, well, why not? You know, you'll want to go out. Why would you be paying a babysitter when there's a free babysitter there? Yeah, you yeah. Know, so kind of say people do, her to but people you, do cut off their nose to spite their yeah, face sometimes. You know, encourage stupid. her to give you the child more. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Listen, thank you very much Cheers. indeed. See you, Brian. Thanks for that. See you. Uh, somebody else says, I'm a separated mother of years. My adult son lives at home. He continually uh, smokes weed in his room. He has a job and is very volatile until he smokes weed after work. What can I do? Okay, so that's obviously, he's obviously abusing her in some way. Yeah, well, adult she, can she can make an application for a, either a barring order or certainly a protection order and safety order. Against her own against son? Against her own son. Now, that's a, a, a road mothers are particularly slow to take. But she, I mean, nobody should be subjected to abuse in their own home, um, whether it be from a partner or from a child. And if it's an adult child, well, you know, mm. maybe it's time to, for them to move on. Somebody did send a text earlier on there saying his wife had got a, uh, he's obviously going through a separation. His wife had got a protection order against him, so they're obviously living in the same home uh, and going through a separation. And he said, I've never gone near her, opened my mouth to her, I don't even speak to her. Well, a protection order is an order that's given ex party on one, pa- on one person. But how can you get a protection order against somebody on an accusation that, that may not even be true? Well, you go into court and you swear that X, Y, and Z happened, and the court will, if they're satisfied that there's some kind of a risk. Even without, the other, even without the other party being yes, in the courtroom? because the protection order only lasts till the hearing of the safety order, which could take a number of months. And what does the protection order actually mean? It just means you can't speak to the other person? Well, it means that you can't put them in fear. But sure, that's open to... It's open, exactly. <laughs> that's open to opinion, yes. isn't it? I mean, I'm, in I'm, fear, what, he just his presence could be putting her in fear, it couldn't could, it? It could well be. And well, that's outrageous. She will have to go in and, and concoct some story. Which she uh, could. Which she can, because there's nobody to contradict it. So I could go into, into court, concoct a story that somebody that I'm living with is putting me in fear of my life. You being a male, you would be less likely to get the order than... Oh, I wouldn't be believed right? because I'm a bloke. Yes. Oh, really. uh, no, she would get the order and then it comes on for hearing as a safe. So, so are we saying the courts are kind of biased against men, generally? Well, yes. Okay, Julia, very quickly, because I've only got time for one more caller. Go ahead, Julia, sorry. Um, hi, Maliki. Hi, Nan. Hi. Uh, just a quick one for you. Um... I am in a situation myself and my ex-partner separated even before kids were born. He's paying the maintenance, but it took me about seven years to get that maintenance out of him. But he's hiding his real income. What can I do about it? Just a bit lost there. If you were separated, how were the kids born after the separation? Uh, we, We were together. He disappeared while I was pregnant, before they were born. Are you are you Are you legally separated? Uh, well, we never we never been married. Oh, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. So, so all right, okay. So you got back together again, and you had children, and uh, he's hiding his income. Um, when yes, he, okay. he's real income. And have you taken hiding. him to court? Have you taken him to district court for maintenance order? I have, yes, and it took me about seven years, but uh, judge ruled that he his income is too low. So basically, he and is he getting me. cash? Is he getting cash? He is getting cash, yeah. Okay. Well, the, the onus <laughs> Big problem, it, effectively it? will be on you to prove that he has this other income. Now, if, for instance, he was running a restaurant or something and you had photographs mm-hmm. of him working in the restaurant or if he's driving a taxi or, you know, different things and you had photographs of that to show that he's income. Um, or, you, or you could produce a bank account where he was hiding this cash or something. Oh, there, there, there was a bank account in the last court hearing there. Uh, he showed the bank account, two bank accounts, which is on his name, and there is a, a cash flow, regular cash flow from one bank account to, like, saving account within the same bank. But he swears that's not his saving account. Well, I mean, the court can direct that the bank confirm whether it is his account or not. Oh, there is a name, his name on a, on a bank statement and his address and everything, 
and he's just mm. been. I, I think, really Julia, I think Julia, what you do need to do is, I, I think you need to have a longer conversation maybe with Malachi in relation to it because unfortunately I don't have the time today of the show, but I think you need to get a solicitor to look at the bank accounts and, you know, speak to the banks in relation to where that cash is coming from. But cash, I suppose, Malachi, is always a big problem in these situations. Malachi, <laughs> we run really right out of time. So many people are texting in. We will get you in again. If you want, a lot of people texting, by the way, on WhatsApp and want to know Malachi's number, um, we can. Try and send it to you if you WhatsApp us uh, and just ask for his number. In the meantime, his number, by the way, if you want to call him, you can call him on his mobile. You probably won't get him, but the way it'll go to his answer machine. But leave a message and I'm sure he'll get back to you. And his number is 086-602-4239. That's 086-602-4239. Or you can Google him. You can WhatsApp on that number as well. Yeah, you can WhatsApp on that. Or you can Google him, by the way. If you just Google Maliki Steenson, spells S-T-E-E. N-S-O-N uh, and it's Canon and Landy solicitors you can Google them there and you, you'll be able to get information thank you very much Neil Maliki for coming in appreciate it and I'm sure we will talk to you again Real People Real Opinions Real Talk Radio The Multi Award Winning Niall Boylan Show Classic Hits